LA Metro Magazine podcast is here to bring you the entertaining, informative, and inspiring stories of the people who live, work, and play in the Lewis and Auburn, Maine area. I'm your host, Colby Michaud. Today, we sit down with Steve Wallace, the CEO of the Auburn Lewiston YMCA. We get into his military background and how that led him to Maine. We talk about the different aspects and programs of the YMCA and discuss the importance of fitness for the mind, body, and spirit. This is LA Metro Magazine Podcast, Episode 4. Welcome, Steve, to the LA Metro Magazine Podcast. Hey, Colby. Thanks for having me here. We're happy to, to have you, and uh, we're we're excited to hear your your story and and uh, to have you share your experience with us. Yeah, well, you say that now. You know, we'll see what you say at the <laughs> end, right? <laughs> Let's. Uh, how about we jump right in? Let's do and it. And if you could tell us, give us a little bit of your background. Um, you're not from a Maine from Maine originally, is that right? No, I'm from another M state. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm from uh, from Michigan, and uh, grew up in Michigan. And uh, 1984, decided that I wanted to get away from snow and ice and cold. Joined the Marine Corps because, you know, Marines always, you know, hang out on the beach, right, where it's nice and warm and do fun things. Liked it so much that I stayed 21 years uh, and retired in 2005. But one of my duty stations happened to be Brunswick, Maine. So 1992, uh, I came up to, to Maine and was part of the inspector instructor staff and started to go to college. And that's where I met a Mainer. And everybody knows, once you meet a Mainer, sooner or later, they pull you back to Maine. And so uh, my wife, Rochelle, I met her in, in 1992, married her in 1995. And when I retired in 2005 from the Marine Corps in sunny San Diego, she said, uh, we're going back to Maine. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going back to Maine. And she says, oh, your stuff's going back to Maine. And I'm like, oh, man, I got a decision to make. And so here I am. So we've been here just about 16 years now, and, and uh, life has been great. And you're you're a resident of Auburn, is that right? Yeah, we moved uh, to Auburn in 2005, and uh, right when I retired, and uh, have been here ever since, and love it, enjoy it. And so after you retired from the Marine Corps, you um, did you jump right into being the president um, over at Midcoast Chamber? No, actually, I started off with an organization. Um, called the Training Resource Center out of Portland, Maine. They worked with the Career Center, mm-hmm. and they needed a peer support worker for returning Iraqi freedom and, uh, and endearing freedom veterans. And I had served in three different combat zones uh, in my 21 years. And so I kind of fit the bill of what they were looking for. And from that piece, I worked with a homeless veterans reintegration project, worked a homeless shelter down in Biddeford, and then uh, the base closure was announced. Mm-hmm. And so when the base closure was announced, uh, that's where they moved me over to become the program coordinator, program director uh, for a career center on the base, working with the military and the spouses. And that's how I started to network in the community, learned about the chamber, chamber learned about me, and I guess you say the rest is history. That's right. And so um, can you talk a little bit about your experience with becoming the president for the Midcoast Chamber? Yeah, it, it, it was a process, really, and, and it, was, um, it was some great men- mentorship that I received, you know, getting out of the Marine Corps. I, I can tell you, getting out of the military, uh, I went and enlisted, um, was fortunate enough to transition into the officer ranks, um, and so when you get out of the military, you know, after 21 years, it's like, wow, who am I? What do I do? You know, exactly what skill set do I have? 
And so when I started working with the the Veterans Workforce Investment Program and and the Homeless Veterans Reintegration, um, there was a a guy by the name of uh, Tom. I can't remember Tom's name anymore. What the fuck is Tom's name? I'll, I'll throw somebody else in there. Okay, we'll skip that part. So when I got out of the military, I started working the Veterans Workforce Investment Program, the Homeless Veterans Reintegration Project. Mm-hmm. And my very first boss was a guy by the name of Barry Pico. And so he took it upon himself to, to mold me into the private sector, if you will. Great mentor. And he kind of you know, showed me a lot of different things, kind of calmed me down a little bit because I can definitely tell you I still had a military mouth on me and a knife hand, you know, one of these things where you, you know, you're chopping stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. And uh, just the way that I looked at things. And, and what I had to do is kind of figure out how I learned to transition my military mind into the private sector mind. And then that's when the executive director of the Training Resource Center, Tom Nickerson, kind of took me under his wing, and he says, you know what, you got the potential to be an executive director, and started to mentor me. And quite honestly, he was the first person that mentored the chamber. He says, you know, I think you'd be a great um, chamber president someday. And so as I was working with the Training Resource Center, moved up to the uh, BRAC Transition Center, that's what we called the the Transition Center on the base, um, he helped me to transition to my first job at this... Um, in the chamber in the Oxford Hills area, which was the Oxford Hills Chamber of Commerce. Yep. Um, stayed there for about 18 months and then got asked to come back to Brunswick uh, and stayed there for just about six years as the president and uh, chief executive officer. Yeah, and I can imagine that your experience in the military, <clears throat> a lot of things you learn, all the lessons you learn in the military helped you um, get to that position. But also yeah. what leadership uh, qualities did you develop after the military Mm. now working in uh, you know the private sector yeah well you know leadership is is a is a funny thing a lot of people like to say that they're leaders and my feeling on that is a lot of people can be in a leadership position but it doesn't make them a leader and there's that old saying that you know if you think you're a leader look behind you if there's nobody following you're not really a leader Mm. and so you know, it, it comes down to relationships, and a lot of people might have a hard time identifying, but the military is all about relationships and trust. When you trust somebody, things happen. If you don't trust somebody, it doesn't matter what their position is, how much money they make, things aren't going to happen. Trust is the basis for all leadership and influence, because leadership at the end of the day is influence. If you can't yeah. influence people the right way, the good way, then uh, then bad things are going to happen. And uh, I, I can think back to two commanding officers that, that I served with. You know, one commanding officer every Friday, he and the executive officer would walk around and just talk to the Marines. And, and they didn't want to talk about work, where you're from, you got kids, baseball season, who's your team. And incredible things happened in that squadron. Flight hours, the way the planes were maintained, just the attitude, people not getting in trouble. And that's because the commanding officer and the executive officer, you don't want to let them down. They, they were awesome leaders, and you worked hard for them. The next commanding officer that came in, he, he was just this, this tough guy. He ran everybody into the ground. He second-guessed people. Um, and on paper, you would have seen some of the same numbers all the way up until he pressured a plane to fly in whether they shouldn't have, and they crashed, and seven people were killed. He was relieved the next day. Too late because seven people were killed. Uh-huh. Same results, same numbers, 
two different styles of leadership. One brought people up. One gave people um, the permission to make mistakes. The other one hammered you into the ground. And ultimately, um, when you're a hammer, somebody's going to crack and bad things are going to happen. So for me, leadership, that leadership has always been ingrained trust relationships and moving over to the private sector from the military i think the hardest part really was is um i'll just say that the the, the private sector the the civilian world if you will um doesn't understand that type of relationships up and down the chain um mm -hmm. it's very much in most places not all but most places a dog eat dog world mm -hmm. um i'm here to do a paycheck thing leave me alone um i work from this time to this time and for me that was the biggest that was the biggest thing to get over because for me it wasn't i work from this time to this time it's what's the result that i need to get from from this to this um the clock didn't matter so much now, now I watch the clock a little bit more. After 16 <laughs> years, yeah, I'm like, okay, it's 6 o'clock. It's time for me to go home. Oh, so 16 years now, and you're approaching. Yeah. So it, could, it was 21 years, right? In that the, 21 in the, years in the Marine Corps, yeah. So you're approaching that that balance, right? That you're, you're going to right. become the same amount of time, you know, as a Out as I was in. citizen. Yes. Versus a, yeah. yeah. Do you have any plans to celebrate that or... To reflect on that? Anyway. Well, you know, July 23rd, um, I sent out a, a message on Facebook, uh, and uh, that was my 36th anniversary of going to boot camp. Oh, wow. So, you know, putting putting your feet on the yellow fit, footprints and yeah. having people yell and scream and cut off your hair and torture you for 89 days um, just so you can call yourself a Marine. Uh, I call that one of the best experiences of my life. My time in the Marine Corps, uh, awesome. Wouldn't trade it for anything, but I got to tell you, the, the 16 years that I've been out, um, the friends that I've made, the things that you know I've been able to accomplish with new teams, um, it's just as gratifying. Um, different uniform, obviously, but um, just as gratifying. And for me, um, it comes down to the team and the teamwork, um, not the individual. Right, and getting those results and and making a, a difference. Uh, absolutely. And it, it sounds like you're you're you describe two different types of leaders. And it sounds like you're in the camp of more of the role model type of leader. You know, you're trying to inspire the people that you lead to get to complete the mission. Yeah, I, you know, I, I buy into what's called servant leadership is if you work hard for your people, you help them to achieve and they get the results that, that they need that collectively you've decided on, then then that is good for me. Um, I don't want to be that person that makes all the decisions. I don't want to be the person that says, oh, we need to go do this. Um, no, I'd rather be the person that gives you the resources and the assets. Say, we're going to get here, but then you got to figure out how to get from point A to B. Because if i got to tell you every step, um, what are you getting out of it? And so, again, as you see people start to achieve um, and you start to see them grow, that's the satisfaction, I think, as, as for me now. Maybe not when I was a younger guy, but now as I'm kind of moving towards wrapping up my career, you know, in the next six or, six or seven years, um, the, the thing that I really enjoy is seeing people um, challenge themselves, achieve new goals, make higher goals, um, and aspire to be something more than they ever thought they were going to be. Um, and, and I think that what I feel my time here at the Y has been a culmination of a lot of things um, that has helped us to start to move that direction. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the Y. Okay. Um, how long have you been here as the, you're the CEO mm -hmm. currently, yeah. so you've been 
How long have you been in the, the role? April CEO? 28th of 2014. So just over six years. Yeah. 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 Um, I had brown curly hair when I got here, you know, a nice smile, all that kind of stuff. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm worn down. <laughs> so what are you doing on a daily basis to lead your team and to inspire that kind of growth? Yeah. You know, t- today um, is a completely different answer than what I would have given you a few years ago. Mm. Um, and, and this is my perception on coming into the why. There was some challenges here. And uh, the staff was very much used to being, you know, told their opinion. And so it's taken us a couple of years to get to the point where they're really at the point where they're running the why now. And, and I can say, you know, we've been through some challenges. We had a flood here um, in 2016. We had to close down our pool. Uh, we lost our camp in, in Poland, um, Camp Connor. So we've had to rebuild out another camp. Um, we've had the fiscal challenges of the minimum wage increases, um, the challenges of a lot more scrutiny in, in some of our mission areas, such as childcare and new sports. Um, and then, you know, now you look at a, a pandemic, um, adding a couple of employees passing away from there, um, adding the Y at CMMC, um, you know, kind of stretching um, our, our resources and, and trying to be more community oriented. Um, lots of challenges, a lot of uncertainty. And so people had to feel good in the environment of change. And, and to get people trained to feel okay in, in change is rough um, because it's, it's a whole different culture than what people are used to. And so I think, you know, what all these experiences have done at the Y uh, with myself and the leadership team, um, we're different people than we were five, six years ago. We work together differently. As a matter of fact, my leadership team, I, I've kind of seceded my uh, authority as the CEO um, into a leadership team type aspect where we vote on on big things that impact the why. And at the end of the day, um, I'm going to go with the wisdom of the guys and the gals that I've got on my leadership team because each and every one of us is has got a different component that we're good at. And together, I think we make a lot better decisions. Right. So if you look at, for me, for the why, I won't say that's always true. I've now got the staff that I feel confident in their decision-making, and most importantly, they feel confident in their decision-making. They hold each other accountable. Um, they hold themselves accountable. That's what allows the structure that we have here now to work. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, before we dive a little bit more deeply into that, can we step back and tell people who sure don't know you. what... <laughs> We're referring to it as the Y, but it's mm-hmm. the Auburn-Lewiston YMCA. Yeah, actually, we're the Young Men's Christian Association of Auburn-Lewiston. That's our, our official title. Okay. So we've been in, in Auburn since February 17th of um, 1868, so 153 years old now. And uh, so we've been in this building um, that we're in right now, doing this interview in on Turner Street. This building was commissioned August 20th of 2020, or excuse me, 1920. And we will, they moved in in 2022. So this building is just about 100 years old right now. Wow. Yeah. And we can talk about it a little bit later, but you're working on another 
space. Is that right? Or uh, developing another place? Or that's why I remember the date that I started at the Y so well is because you know I had a phone call my first day on the job about three hours into it. Hey man, you need to get over here really quick. This is Chip Morrison was the chamber president yeah. here, and he's like, "There's some company out of New Jersey in the hospital, and they want to make a new health, wellness, and fitness center in Bates Mill Number Five, and that's going to put you out of business. Get over here and check this out." And uh, ever since that day and that time, I have somehow been involved in looking for the wise next home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. I think a lot of people, including myself, think about the why as, first and foremost, a place for physical fitness and mm -hmm. exercise. But it's so much more than that, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. So much more. You know, there, the, the membership at the Y, fitness center piece, if you will, very important because it touches on one of our focus uh, statements, which is healthy living for all. But the membership also does something different. When you join the Y, when you join the fitness center at the Y, it's not just about the fitness center because your membership helps to pay for the mission. And our mission programs is really what's important. And across the board, that's where lives are changed. Uh, they're changed in the health and wellness center too, in the fitness center. But the mission programs, whether it be early childhood education, making sure that, that little kids um, are, are connecting biologically their brain properly, and that takes a certain type of program uh, to happen to make sure that they're in the best place they can be for early learning ready, uh, early ready learning uh, when they go to kindergarten is so important. And then you also look at school age programs, ages 5 to 12. You know, the data shows that, that usually somewhere in that 11, 12-year-old range, that's a character point where you can go either way. And I'm not saying you're going to be a bad guy or criminal if you don't come to Y camp, but a lot of decisions on, on the character of an individual for a child uh, or a young adult, a youth, is made right around that 11, 12. And so many of those decisions, the data shows, also is made at camp. A 15-minute converse, uh, conversation, a 15-minute conversation can literally change the trajectory of 11, 12-year-old. Mm -hmm. Some people would say, well, that's much too young. Uh, I beg to differ. Look at the data. Mm -hmm. That's why the, the youth development programs that we have are so important, whether it be youth sports, whether it be camp, um, you know, some of the club programs that we've been working on with arts and crafts and music and health and wellness pathfinders, you know, healthy cooking and being outside. Um, those are all things that are putting kids in contact with people that know um, specifically that the way they model themselves, the way they talk, and, and the way they redirect behaviors um, can make a difference down the line on how someone um, is going to um, perform or not perform. And I, I look at that as a huge responsibility. And then you take that into looking at the wealth, um, the health of the community, the health of families. You know, a lot of times we think that we just talk about kids. <laughs> You can't really take the health of, of a child in consideration without looking at the health of the family. What's going on? What type of events and programs do we have for them? And, and, and that's where this why short, uh, falls short, is we don't have the space to do some of those family programs and the things that we want to do. So how do we make a bigger impact? How does the, the membership help to pay for the mission? I've got to have a place with a bigger membership so that way I can have a bigger impact on the mission. You're literally limited by the capacity of this physical space, right? Now. It, it it absolutely it is. Um, you know, I, I 
I need to have a triple gymnasium. Why? Because I can put kids playing in one, I can put volleyball in the other, and I can put gymna gymnastics and karate in the other. At the same time, when they switch out, I can have, you know, active living for seniors. Um, I can have, you know, diabetes prevention classes. Um, I can have blood pressure checks. I can do all kinds of fun things to help whoever walks in through that door. Oh, by the way, go jump in the warm water in the pool um, and walk because you just got a knee or a hip redone. Um, and this is going to get you moving again to get that blood flowing that's going to help those, those muscles strengthen um, and you're going to be able to have an active lifestyle again. And, and at the same time, I've got early childhood education. I've got school age programs that instead of going up to age 12, go all the way up to age 18. Um, another thing that we fall short of at, here at the Y is, again, I just don't have the space for, for high school seniors. We need to because we know, looking at the community health needs assessment for Androscoggin County, uh, especially Lewis and Auburn, we're falling short with the kids that are above age 12. How can we get there? Again, I need a bigger membership to have more mission impact, to have more membership. I got to get a new Y. So that's my goal. Someday before I retire is to get a new YMCA going so that way we can give this community um, what we know um, that it wants and needs. And that's a place where um, people can go and be safe, regardless of what they look like, regardless of their body image, regardless of any criteria other than they want to be a better person, they want to be a better family, and they want to help to mentor others um, because they themselves have been the recipient. That's the social responsibility piece of the why. Yeah, and I would like to read uh, a little excerpt from your website, if that's okay. Yeah, go right ahead. So, from your website, we're changing lives for the better. Mm -hmm. Deeply rooted in community, the Auburn Lewis and YMCA is made up of people of all ages, faiths, and abilities, all working side by side to ensure that everyone, regardless of gender, race, income, or background, mm -hmm. has the opportunity to live life to its fullest. When you're involved with the Y, you help bring about lasting personal and social change that will positively impact you, your family, and your community. And so to me, that sounds like it's a multi-angle approach to, mm -hmm. to the health and well-being of the individual. But yeah. the result of that collectively is a better, stronger community. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the reasons behind our outdoor learning and education center. Um, and, and that's uh, the 95 acre of parcel that we have behind uh, Kmart uh, off Stetson Road. So in, in 2014, you know, we put together a new strategic plan and, and we sat down as, as an organization, the board of directors and myself and, and some key leadership staff. And we said, do we want to be an organization in the building or do we want to be a cause in the community? What's it mean to be a cause in the community? What, what does it mean to collaborate? We, I mean, we had discussions about what did it really mean to collaborate? Are we always going to be in charge, or do, do we have to sometimes just be the cheerleader? And, and I'm so proud of the board of directors because in, in January of 2015, we decided that collectively we were going to be an organization, we were going to believe in a cause, we were going to affect the community, and it wasn't going to be about the why, and it wasn't going to be about the building, it was going to be about the community impact. 
And that's where, you know, we started um, with the Outdoor Learning and Education Center. We put the mile and a half fully ADA accessible trail out there. The first trail we wanted out there was not just going to be one that some people could walk on. It's going to be a trail that everybody can walk on, whether they were in a wheelchair, uh, whether they needed somebody to push them, pull them, uh, motorized. And I can tell you that I go out there several times a week um, from spring all the way through late fall, and I always see somebody on the trail. I saw a mother with her child in a wheelchair, completely a motorized wheelchair, and when I told her who I was and, and we built the trail, glad she enjoyed it, she wept um, because she says, you know, I, I haven't been able to do this with my son anywhere around here. That's when I knew that we were doing the right thing. Another time I knew, you know, I went and I saw all these cars and they were parked up and down the, the road. Um, and it was a group of moms that were in a walking clubs with their kids. And literally there was like 30 cars there. Yeah. And, and people were, you know, hiking the trail and saying they loved it. And, and it's like, yeah, this is the community piece that we were talking about. So now how can we add to it? You know, we've got the pavilions out there so people can just go out there and sit and picnic. Um, we've also got the multi-purpose sports field. We've got the basketball courts. Um, you know, we're going to have the the cornhole um, courts out there as well as some of the horseshoes and some of the other things. Um, we've got another half a mile road that goes from end to end. Um, sooner or later, we're going to have fitness equipment on that so you can run down the trail. Uh, you can stop. You can do pull-ups. You can hang like a bat. I mean, you can do whatever you want to. And, and that's, again, to be able to get the community out there. The kids are going to go out there for camp. Parents now realize they can go out there from sunrise to sunset on the weekend. They do things with their kids out there. That's the healthy family aspect. Right. And, and that's what we're looking for. And you, I think one, one thing that's really cool about the YMCA is that you have membership plans for families specifically. So. Absolutely. And we've got some of the lowest membership uh, plans in the state, as a matter of fact, for WISE. Hmm. And um, again, we know we're limited in some, ma in some aspects, um, but at, at the same time, um, the families are important to us. And to price a family out being able to come to the Y is not what we want to do. That's really who we are. You know, people ask me about the competitors in the um, community, the, the Planet Fitness, the Orange Circuit. I don't consider them competitors because, you know, if I wanted to jump on a, on a treadmill or do a quick circuit workout, 10 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month, get the black card membership, go for it. You want to come here with your kids, get them involved in youth sports, work out while they're out there playing, you know, work on some of the things that um, you might need to do for yourself, whether it be diabetes prevention or some type of recovery. There's nobody around here that has the personal trainers with the skill sets that we have here at the Y. I've got diabetes prevention facilitators. I've got wellness coaches. I've got certified nutritionists. We've got um, Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainers. Um, the list goes on. And, and this is where we come in as a family to pull everybody together um, to let you live, live a life of fitness, um, regardless of your body shape, size, or age. And, you know, we got Tony Atlas downstairs. You know, we, we've, got a, we've got a hero down there, if you will, from the world wrestling world and a Mr. Olympia. Hey, but at the same time, you know, you got, you know, you got my shape down there because round is a shape. And, and you know what? It doesn't matter. You don't have anybody saying you shouldn't be in here. They're working out together. Everybody's on a road to fitness. And that's what makes the Y special. Yeah. And it's, it, it also 
you're fostering those relationships and you're you're expanding your, your sphere and your network and yep yeah, absolutely that's a huge part of it i'm sure for a lot of people that was one of the biggest things in this covid world that we realized uh, we started a calling program we've got uh, 418 um, folks on our membership that are above age 62 um, and so we started calling them just how are you doing? And the biggest thing that they said is, I miss everybody. Can't wait to get back and see, uh, you know, see the people that I was working out with. And uh, that's why we started some of the virtual classes and things like that also, so people could see each other on the screen. And that's something that both those programs are ones that we're going to continue post-COVID. We're still calling up our members because, you know, we found out we had over three dozen members that are like, I don't have anybody. I'm lonely. I don't know what to do. And that's where we continue our outreach because, again, we're not a swimming gym. We're not just a fitness center. We're a little bit more. Right. So you just touched on, on the COVID and the, we're going through this pandemic. And obviously that presents new challenges. Mm. But you did give me a, a brief tour earlier about showing me how you spaced yeah. equipment apart. And so what are there some of those things that you've had to do to make sure that this place is still safe. Yeah, I mean it's it's been uh, it's been a, a big learning experience. Uh, we've we've had to change our programs on every single level, uh, from you know where we used to do yoga to the locker rooms to the number of people that we can have in. And then also to look at the people that, you know, are high risk, you know, having a, a time for them to be able to come to the Y and, and work out where they can feel safe. And so um, I'm so proud of my team. I mean, my HR director, Mary Murphy, uh, she was the lead on everything CDC. And I mean, that woman watched so many webinars and, and read so m- miles of checklists um, to try to find out what the best practices were. And, and that's where we've kind of changed the third floor is all school age programs. Um, there's an entrance for the kids up there. And so that space should be able to fit 90 kids. We only put 50 kids in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are able to put, you know, 10 kids uh, in, in each room. Um, again, that should hold a lot more, but that lets them space appropriately, keeps them as safe as, that they, as they can. Um, our, our second floor then, if you will, is our early childhood education. Um, we used to have a ladies' locker room that was accessible on this floor. Um, not anymore. Um, we've, we've moved that to the downstairs. Um, the only people on the second floor are staff and, and the early childhood education, um, the, the kids that are birthed through five years old. Um, and then our main floor, first floor, if you will, um, that's got its own entrance, both for the Group X, which is the gymnasium entrance, um, as well as coming to work out the front door, if you will, on Turner Street. Again, limited people coming in, um, watching the number of people that we have in the building at any given time. And uh, then all the protocols with masks, um, moving the equipment to to. 14-foot airway space in between treadmills to um, vertically, if you will, as you breathe out, to six-foot side-to-side horizontally, making sure that everything is spaced out appropriately. Um, And then, you know, the little things like having all the the gel and the sanitation. I've got extra staff that constantly walk around and and sanitize and disinfect the machines, clean and then disinfect. all, all things, as well as we've had to limit our hours because, you know, we also do, do deep cleanings at night with, with our custodial staff. Um, so really COVID, if you will, um, you know, we've got 
less members that are coming in, even though we've done as much as we can to keep them safe, and I've got more staff um, to make it presentable. Right. And so that's kind of the quandary of, of COVID right. is that uh, we're doing a lot more work, um, but you know there's still a lot of people, probably about 28% of our original membership that you know hasn't come back yet. And uh, that's, a, that's a kick in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Now, with these new um, restrictions in place mm-hmm. as far as like capacity and stuff, have you ever had to, have you reached or gotten close to that at any point and have you had to turn people away because of it? Great question. One of the things that we're fortunate about is we have a gymnasium. And so literally we were able to move our group exercise um, classes downstairs to the gymnasium. So we're still able to put 16 people in that 3,500 square foot area. Then the Group X, the 2,000-square-foot Group X room that we have um, upstairs, we were able to move cardio and fitness equipment into. So literally, out of all of the equipment here at the Y, there was only one piece that we couldn't fit to meet the socially distancing mandate. So we've got that sitting up on the uh, the mezzanine there, and every once in a while we go in and talk to it so it doesn't get lonely. Um, but otherwise, you know, the fitness center, the 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 gym, the weight room, you know, that's at capacity all the time. We've got a lot of weightlifters here. And so we can only put 10 people in that room at a time. But the membership, it, it took a, just a, a couple of weeks. And we've got sign-in sheets. People have fallen into their routine. No more than 10 people. People get in and work out instead of sitting around because they know somebody else is waiting. So in some aspects, it's actually better. Uh, and then when you look at our cardio and other spaces, um, 25 people could have been in any of those. And... Uh, we, um, we've got close to capacity, but um, we've never gotten there. And then, you know, the Group X room downstairs, we could have 25 people there, but we only put 16 in. So we feel really good that we've met the mandate, the spirit, and the intent of what social distancing and is supposed to be to try to keep people safe. Mm, that's great. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our community partners. One of those just happens to be our sister publication, Uncle Andy's Digest. Uncle Andy's Digest has been woven into the fabric of the greater Lewiston-Auburn community over the last 25 years by providing its readers with humorous one-liners, short stories, and most importantly, positivity. Fun fact, in August of 1996, the first edition of the Digest was printed. That means you can help celebrate 25 years of Uncle Andy's with this month's special 25th anniversary edition. One thing that surprises people to learn is that Uncle Andy's is distributed to 19 cities and towns in the central Maine area. That means whether you're in Sabattis, Auburn, Turner, or Oxford Hills, you can pick up a copy, or two if you're a good neighbor. So if you're a local business that wants more exposure and top of mind awareness, make sure you check out Uncle Andy's Digest. Why not get more exposure for your business while spreading smiles at the same time? Those that do simply say, it works. Luckily for me, I it's it's summer and it's nice mm-hmm. out, so I can get outside and I can go hiking and then biking and running sometimes. Even yeah. Though I don't really like running that much, um, I know how important it is. But for me, it's more I exercise because of two things: the physical fitness, but yeah. the mental fitness too. Absolutely. And I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier um, off the record, but why why is exercise so important for the mind as yeah. well as the body yeah you know I, I'm not a, a 
a scientist, you know, so I can't, I can't, but I, I do know that when you exercise, you know, it's going to change the chemicals in your brain. Um, you know, the endorphins that go through, um, it, it's going to help you to feel better. Um, also mentally, you know, when you're challenging yourself, you feel like you're accomplishing something. Um, and that's also another piece yeah. of it, the psychological component. So when you look at, you know, biologically, physically, mentally, um, you, you feel like you've done something good for yourself. You feel like you've accomplished something. And quite honestly, some people go through a whole day without feeling like they never met a purpose, you know. You just did it by saying, hey, I'm going to run two miles, and you did it. Or I'm going to lift so many pounds of weights, and I did it. Uh, it's going to give you that mental, that physical boost um, that's going to help you through the rest of the day. You're going to stay calmer because you burn off all that extra energy. So that way when you know somebody comes up at work and says something that you don't like, um, it's not a throat punch. It's just like, yeah, okay, not a problem. Tomorrow morning I'm going to think of him and run an extra five minutes, you know. Right. Um, it, it just lets you burn that stress away. And uh, I think that's one of the things that society really is missing a lot of. I, I mean, I, I think people are getting meaner. I think people are getting angrier. Um, at the same time, we can see through all the data that, uh, and I'm, I'm one to talk, right? You know, people are getting fatter. Um, people are getting more chronic conditions. I, I think they're eating worse, the nutrition. We're consuming more caffeine. Colby, I, I think it, at a certain point, it, it all comes together. Yeah. Um, your nutrition, you know, they talk about your it's the way you eat. They talk about the way you exercise. They talk about your heredity. All those things work together. And anybody that doesn't think that it works together, um, I think, is ignoring the big picture. And uh, I also think that, you know, when you're weak in any one of those three things, your, heredity, your, your, your body, your family genes, um, the way you eat, the way you take care of yourself, um, a weakness is going to hurt the other ones too. So how do you keep your pyramid strong? Well, you got to take care of yourself mentally. You got to take care of yourself physically, and you got to take care of yourself spiritually, mind, body, spirit. Yeah, all works together, like yeah. I said. And it's funny because uh, I am a, a big fan of coffee because I actually enjoy the taste of it, but also <laughs> the caffeine. And there's no question, I'm addicted. You're addicted. Addicted, like a lot of people, right? But you know, I think we all have ambition to cut back mm. on stuff like that, but it's really hard. And, you know, we live stressful, mm. fast paced lives and we have all these things to do and all these things to worry about. So that also can contribute to, um, you know, not feeling like you have the energy at the end of the day mm. to go work out or, you know, get outside. Yeah. But what I found is that when I dedicate myself to, exercising, mm -hmm. especially in the morning, I, I always end up having more energy mm -hmm. than if I didn't. And it also contributes to having better sleep. Yeah. So it's just like all like this, like positive cycle. Once you start it, you got to, you know, continue it. And, yeah. And it, it's proof builds on upon itself. You know, we have a partnership with St. Mary's sleep center and, uh, Dr. Thad Shattuck, um, he will send some of his patients over to the Y on a prescription. You know, this person just isn't tired enough at the end of the day to sleep well. So, you know, we take a medical prescription here at the Y and folks can come over here and work out for 90 days 
and we'll help wear you out. That's not a problem, whether it be going outside and walking on the trails um, or if it's one of our group exercise classes, even if it's yoga, that mindfulness. And, and you know, we're doing some really neat stuff that's going to be upcoming on mindfulness. Um, but learning about that, um, mindfulness is huge. And having a therapeutic yoga um, is is great stretching your body out, you know, getting your mind in a different um, place. Um, it's awesome. And so I think that um, all those things are helpful. And I think, again, we do it here at the Y, helps the individual, it's going to help the family. But take that to a bigger macro level. If we can help somebody that needed bills, prescriptions that, that the medical system now has to pay for or, or somebody has to pay copays, get rid of those, help somebody to live without those pills, um, to feel better about themselves, um, to help them to rehab that knee, those hips, those arms, those shoulders, we're helping the bigger picture, the economic picture of what's going on with our medical system. You know, we talked about it before a little bit earlier, you know, it, it's proven. For a lot of people that have too much energy, you know, put whatever letters, numbers on it that you want to, it's proven. 45, 50 minutes of exercise is almost the equivalent of a pill. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not, I'm not saying out there the disclaimer, you know, to anybody, don't stop taking your pills. But the reality is, is that all of this stuff, again, works together. And um, that's what the team at the Y does. Again, I feel pretty, I've got 17, I think 17 different group X instructors. Some are yoga, some are therapeutic yoga. Um, some will just kill you with boot camp. Um, but others are going to do a little bit slower classes or spin classes, biking, stretching, to bring you along the spectrum to get you to the point where you can do what you physically want to do. Um, and, and that's pretty good. You're not walking here saying, oh, everybody here is an expert. No, I got people starting over um, and, and starting for the first time over and over and over again all the time. Yeah, and I think what's so great about the why here is that you have that, uh, the support of the staff to, yeah. help you, to help you achieve any goal whether that's how much weight you want to lift someday mm-hmm. or, you know, to be more mindful. That's whatever you want to achieve, you yeah. have the people here to help you get there. And, and they see it. You know, Nicole, who's my association director for um, health, wellness, and fitness, she's been here at the Y for 22 years. Marcy uh, Hurd, my membership director, she's been here for 22 years. Tish, um, one of my yoga instructors, I mean, she's been here ooh, since 1984. Um, in some capacity or another, my HR director, you know, she's been here since she's 16. Um, my, my youth development executive, uh, Chris Shea, he's been here for 20-some years. Yeah. We've got a staff that just believes in what they're doing. Uh, I've got child care folks that have been here, you know, in the Y system um, for 16, 17 years. Um, they believe what they're doing. My camp director, she's been doing day camp and, and residential camp for um, 17 years herself. Um, they believe in what they're doing. They've seen the impact, and they want to continue doing that. And that is what I think makes the Y staff special. Th- that's why I stay out of their way. They know what they're doing. My job is to give them the resources to keep on um, on doing those good things. And Colby, that, that's why I got to get a new Y, because they can't do the best of their ability in, in my 100-year-old building. Yeah. Well, obviously, one of the the hurdles is finding the right location, mm-hmm. but the other obviously is money. And so what are, you, what are your efforts right now? Are you doing uh, uh, fundraising and, and campaigns for that? And how, if people want to, how can, they, how well, can they help? What a vicious circle. You know, it's kind of hard to look for the money without having the location. 
And, and so this is just the, the diggity diggity of it. When a Y is built, you've got a signature donor. A signature donor usually pays half of the cost of that Y. We need somebody that's going to pony 7.5 to $8 million to be that signature sponsor. That means, you know, they want their, their name to be on that YMCA. The Colby Family YMCA. You write me a check with, like, you know, four commas in it, and I'll be happy to name <laughs> it after you. Um, but seriously, from that gift, that person that believes in that location and that plan, that has to happen. And right now, we're not there yet. You know, we've been looking at Bates Mill Number Five. Um, we've, you know, also looked at the old Kmart building, um, and uh, you know, we're also looking at potentially, you know, how can we get more frontage on Stetson Road to be able to build a Y closer to the road? Um, because our problem is, is that if we try to build the Y on the property that we have, it'll cost us millions to lay the water and the sewer and the electricity. Right. If we can get closer to Stetson Road, um, the water and the electricity and the sewer is right there. We can hook into it. Mm -hmm. Big difference. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we've whittled the, the different places that we can go down um, actively. We've, we've only got two left, two places that we're looking at. And one of those are going to come to fruition this year. And which one will depend on who's willing to support it. Right. And so we do have a large ask out right now, that signature ask. Um, and then from there, you know, it's usually about $2 million for the pool. Um, whoever's going to sponsor your pool, then it would be the, the Colby Aquatic Center. <laughs> um, and then, you know, your fitness center, as far as the gym, um, things like that, you're going to have, you know, somebody that's got a naming right on that. That's usually right around a million dollars. Um, and then you break it all the way down to the toilet stalls, you know. My hope is someday I'll have a Steve Wallace toilet stall, stall somewhere in the new, <laughs> new uh, gender neutral, absolutely gender neutral Steve right. Wallace you know toilet stall um, so but that's how it, that's how a new Y gets built and so um, you know the community gets involved at whatever point they feel comfortable that the project is going to be a real project and the great thing about it is they can also make donations over seven to ten years depending on how much they're giving so it's not like hey give me you know all the money at one time um, or will you give a stretch gift of uh, $1,000 a year for five years or seven years instead of, instead of just a one-time gift? Um, and that's how new wives get built. And so the good news is, is when we did the, the fundraising study, um, we saw a huge number of people that were willing to, to help. When we did the study, uh, we identified... Um, I think $2.5 million um, by interviewing the first 50 people. None of them were gazillionaires. Um, and, and what the, the fundraising feasibility folks felt good about is that we could raise between 7 and $10 million um, beyond having that signature sponsor. That gets us a new Y built in this community, a state-of-the-art Y, not only with a, a swimming pool, an eight-lane swimming pool, but it'll have a warm water therapy pool. It would have the three gymnasiums that we needed, as well as the other spaces for, for programs, for gymnastics, for karate. Um, all those things would come with community partnerships um, for having the before and after school programs, having the weekend programs for young adults where you know people could come in and do volleyball tournaments and, and have some place where they could sit down down, plug into Wi-Fi, um, you know, listen to some music, um, grab something to eat, you know, different things like that. All of that happens at the Y 
if you build it. And so uh, I think we're going to get there. Um, again, we're working hard. The board's working hard. Um, it just takes a little while to, to figure it out. And quite honestly, COVID, from what all the big fundraising folks are saying, it puts us two years behind. But it doesn't mean that we're not looking at it, not planning it. But, but what I'd say to that is, you know, people will say, well, the Y can't get it done. Go out and look at the Outdoor Learning and Education Center. Do you want to know if we can get things done? That's about a $2.6 million investment to date. We got it done. We got it done for the community. We got it done for the kids. Um, we're going to be able to get the why done, too. And uh, so I would say don't bet against us. Join us, and it'll make it a lot easier. <laughs> Absolutely. If you build it, they will come. I hope. <laughs> so um, before we wrap up, yeah. I would... You know, if you could take your CEO hat off for a minute, mm -hmm. you've been a longtime resident of Auburn, and so you're well familiar with these mm -hmm. Lewis and Auburn community. I'm just curious, what what things do you like about it? What do you enjoy? You like to go out to eat? Do you enjoy the entertainment, cultural experiences here? What yeah. do you love about this wonderful community? What do I love about Lewis and Auburn, um, L.A., the real L.A.? You know. I, I think there's a lot of things uh, that one is is really the people that I've met. Again, it, it comes down to relationships. You can be in the most beautiful place in the world if you don't like your neighbors. Um, you know, it, it's not a good place to be. Uh, we've lived in two different places here, and in both the neighborhoods have been special. Just the people around you, the diversity of the people, you know, older, younger, families, you know, with, with three or four kids or, or families with no kids. Um, so first and foremost, I think, that's what I like about Lewis and Auburn is is people. Second thing, you know, restaurants. We got to work on a few of those restaurants. Um, but I love the food here. We've got everything from great Mexican food at El Pocho's to you know your your fish bones um, that are awesome. Roy Steak Burger, man, who can say who can say anything bad about that? They just can't. And uh, so everything from fast food all the way to little breakfast places, you know, Christie's, um, just. Again, good people, local people. You sit down, you eat there, you know that you're supporting your neighbors. And then the outdoors. I, I love the golf, and I play all the golf courses around here. You know, start off uh, um, at Martindale. Uh, I'm a member there, um, but love to go and play at Fox Ridge towards the end of the year when I'm a little bit better shot. Um, but, you know, I also go and um, play at some of the other golf courses around here. Poland Spring is a great one. Um, and then going out and hiking, walking, um, love that. My wife and I just about every weekend will go someplace and, and take a drive to see scenic Maine when we can. Yeah, you were um, just telling me you went uh, did the waterfall trip. Yeah, we went and checked again. out eight waterfalls this past uh, past weekend. Took uh, took all day long. Yeah. Um, you know, when winter comes, um, I'm going to say that um, I hide inside. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that's where I kind of do some of my things on my other love, which is learning how to cook. And so uh, in my next life, I'm going to be a chef, I think, you know, get one of those nice white hats. Um, but, you know, I take advantage of learning. I'm also uh, a staff at St. Joseph's College, so I teach a couple business courses, adjunct for them. And uh, so when you wrap it all up for me, you know, that small liberal college, liberal arts college that is St. Joe's with a lot of great staff, great local kids, um, great local Lewis and Auburn um, places to eat and a great community YMCA all boils down to that R word, right? Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. That's what I love about, that's what I love about Maine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that brings us to my final 
question. Oh, no, another one. Which I did not plan at all. But I was just curious. If you could, if this was possible, you could go back in time Mm -hmm. and talk to yourself, your younger self. Maybe you're just graduating high school or you're about to join the military. (laughs) Knowing what you know today, what would you tell Steve back then? Oh, absolutely. To enjoy life more. I work way too hard. Um, I absolutely, you know, it's like uh, in, in the military, I, I probably worked a little bit too hard, but but you could say that's why I achieved what I did. Um, you know, the Chamber of Commerce is both those jobs. I, I absolutely know that I work too hard. My staff work too hard. And and you can you can get tied up and you can say, man, well, I love it, so it's not work. But all of that time away from family comes with a price. And so whether it be... Um, relationships with nephews and nieces, you know, brother and sister-in-laws, your own family, uh, even your spouse, your kids, um, comes with a price. So uh, I would have told a a younger Steve Wallace, um, try to get balance if you can. Try not to work so hard or at least take the time to recognize special moments, um, to memorize them. uh, So that way when times get tough, you can look back and you say, ah, that was good. And uh, I, I think that's the uh, connecting the dots that makes life worth living. You know, it's, the, uh, it's not the destination, man. It's the journey. And uh, I've been some great places, um, have loved it. Um, but I'd have told myself to slow down a little bit, um, you know, enjoy the roses, try a couple different glasses of wine, whatever the case may be, and, and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um I have to say I'm grateful for my relationship with you and knowing you. It's It's been awesome talking today. Um, I hope that people get a little bit better. People who don't know you get a better sense for all that you do and what you and your team and your staff do for so many people. You make really big difference, and that's really important. So yeah. thank you. We enjoy it. Well, thank you for saying that. And anybody that hears this, uh, if they want to come by and see the why, uh, either our building or see the Outdoor Learning and Education Center, um, we're happy to give you a personal tour. It doesn't matter if you're a member or not. If you're a member of this community, then uh, we're happy to show you what the why can do. Awesome. Thank All you, right. Steve. You got it, Colby. Take care of yourself, man. Thank My thanks to Steve for his time. It's really great getting to learn more about what the YMCA does for this community. The impact is impressive. We have many more exciting guests ahead in upcoming episodes, so make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your other shows. That way you're not missing out on future episodes when they are released. A big shout out and thank you to Uncle Andy's Digest for sponsoring this episode. You can find out more about them at uncleandys.com. We also want to thank you for listening. You, our audience, are the most important piece of this program. And we know that these recordings are just slices of a bigger ongoing conversation that we want you to be a part of. If you have any thoughts or ideas, please let us know on social media. LA Metro Magazine is on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Connect with us there. Positive vibes and well wishes from all of us at LA Metro Magazine. Until next time, I'm your host, Colby Michaud. Make sure you're being entertained, staying informed, and getting inspired.